Well, we are back again. Welcome to Crime Pursuit. I'm your host, Ed Bounds, along with Lori Joe Carter. And we have a new pursuit. Lori, lay it on us. Ray Hainish was a nurse at a nursing home in Monticello, Indiana. He worked a 16-hour day shift on the weekends. His many friends speak very highly of him. Ray and his mother, Dottie, were very close and spoke often. On 3-12-19, Ray sent Dottie a text saying he had been up since 6 a.m. cleaning and he was exhausted. Thursday, on 3-14, Dottie tried to contact Ray and she got no response to any of her attempts. Dottie waited until Ray's Saturday shift began and called his employer to speak with him. She was told that Ray hadn't shown up for his shift. Dottie knew then that something was terribly wrong. And something was terribly wrong. Now, guys, this is a weird, weird case. And you guys are going to have to, you know, be patient with us um, with, with this case because we're going to tie this case into other cases. And this is weird. Mm-hmm. This is, guys, I can't stress how weird this is getting ready to be. Because the person that that did this is a, a horrible monster. Yes. So tonight we have the mother of a young man that life was stripped from them. His name was Ray Hanish. Hanish. Did I got that right? Hanish. Hanish. His mother, Dottie Hanish, is with us. And his sister, Roxanne Collins is a guest with us tonight as well. Welcome both. Thank you. Dottie, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Okay. Roxanne? I'm hanging in there. I know you guys heard in the beginning where we were talking about this was a weird case. And the reason why, you know, one of the things I say that is because your son, Ray, from from the people I've spoken with and Lori talked to and, and talking to you, your son was a really good young man, am I correct? Correct. So let's let's start let's start out talking about who Ray was. What kind of son was he? What and then your your daughter can talk about what kind of brother he was. Okay. Oh, and this is Dottie, Ray's mother. And he was the exceptional son. Every mother thinks that about their son, I know. But Ray was a very um, compassionate, caring from a very young age. He worried about other people, that other people were okay, that things were okay with them. Um, He graduated high school and went to nursing school. Um, It was his passion was to help people. So he had been a nurse for many years, many years. And... Um, He always was looking to help anybody. He didn't go into people's backgrounds. He didn't check to see if they had criminal records. If they gave him a sob story, he believed it, and he tried to help them. Um, I I just got so many people have come to me and told me what what a caring and wonderful son I had. And as a mother, you always feel that. But it's good when other people tell you that they have the same impression and same feeling of him. So, um, Ray was just one that was 
out to help people, regardless of who they were or what their background was. He, if they, if they even hinted that they need help, Ray was there to help in any way he could. Okay, Roxanne. Um, he very much so. Um, Ray had had come to live with me for a few years. Um, back, oh, I don't know, probably about six years ago. And uh, shortly after his open heart surgery, and he just, he was a brother that anybody would want. He just was always there. He was an ear when I needed it. He was a shoulder when I needed it. Um, he, he was just, I, I think every sister's dream. Um, I'm not to say we didn't argue. We didn't have our spats because every sibling has those. And trust me, we had ours, um, many, but he would always be the one to come to me and say, sis, you can't stay mad at me. I'm your brother. I'm, I'm mean, (laughs) you know? Right. And, and he'd put his arms around me and give me a big old kiss. And I'd say, I'm still mad at you. And he says, I know you are, but you can't stay mad at me. I'm, I'm Ray. <laughs> and, and, you know, it would go from there. Um, he just was, he, I don't know. He was just Ray. I mean, he, I don't know. It's just hard to explain. He was so loving and so funny. I mean, he, he just had a personality that was out of this world. And he, he's the most kind, generous soul no matter where he was at, he didn't walk into a place and not walk out with a new friend. So let me ask you something. Either you or Dottie, your mother, what made Ray want to be a nurse? I think that um, he just wanted to help people. That was that was from a young age. I mean, he had a sister two years younger than him, and my goodness, he watched over her like a mother hen always afraid that something was going to happen. When they'd stand and wait for the school bus, he would hold on to the sleeve of her jacket that he was afraid she was going to step out too far. Um, he just, he had caring in his soul. And I think that's why he wanted to be a nurse. He just wanted to help people. And he cared about people. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, in our investigation, uh, the things that Paige and Lori prepared... You know, a lot of through looking through this case, it's talking about how compassionate he was. I, I just think that the same thing. He had a, a he had a zest for for life. I mean, as far as as that went, um, he wanted to to make sure that everybody had every everybody had what they needed. Um, he didn't. He didn't any, want anybody to not be treated the way they should be treated. Right. And he felt that if he went into a position um, that he could tend to to make sure that people got treated the way they needed to be treated, nursing was one of those positions. Okay. Okay. Now, so let's go. Let's move forward to that horrible day. And I want to start with you, Dottie. Um, 
Okay. Let's talk about what happened. Well, I um, I want to go back to December of 1917. Uh, Ray befriended three people, um, two guys and a gal. I don't even remember now why that he became their friend. But they ended up stealing from him, emptied his bank account. And um, when he told them he wanted everything back, everything replaced that they had stolen, uh, they threatened his life and said if he ever told a soul that, that the, one, the one guy he talked to said, I know people um, that will take care of you and they'll never find your body. So when Ray told me this, I was horrified and terrified. And I said, you have to tell him. He said, it's not worth it, Mom. And I said, it is worth it, Ray. This is your life. He said, I'm not afraid. He said, it's just a big old threat. So to my knowledge, he never had any more dealings with those people. I would hope not. But I am curious as to if they may also be involved with these other people that he befriended um, in some way connected with them. So when I couldn't call him back, he had texted me on Tuesday, the third or the twelfth, and um, we we'd text back and forth and and talk all the time. He was just one of those mama's boys that wanted to keep in touch. So I didn't try contacting him back on on the Wednesday, the thirteenth. Um, he had said that he had cleaned house all day long, got his spring cleaning done, and he was exhausted. So um, I had been out of town and had just gotten back, on, was on my way back Thursday, so I tried to call him, and no answer. I tried texting, no response. So this went on all of Thursday. Well, I had a gut feeling something was wrong because this was just not Ray. He would always answer within an hour. But I didn't know what was wrong or why he wasn't. So I waited until he was supposed to show up for his shift at work because I knew if he didn't show up up to work that there was something very, very bad wrong. So when I called his uh, employer on Saturday, they said that he hadn't showed up for work. So Roxanne had stayed because... She uh, lives in North Carolina, and she said, Mom, I'm not leaving until we hear from Ray. She said, call the police and file a missing persons report. So that's what I did. And um, there was a police officer. We I live in a different county than what Ray lived in. Mm -hmm. So there was a police officer showed up at the door Sunday morning to inform me that they had found Ray's body. Well, after some investigation and um, the coroner's investigation, uh, they determined that he had been deceased since the 13th. His body was found on the 17th. Um, they had taken his car, his TV, his cell phone, and his wallet and bank cards. Um, I don't think anything else was taken from the house. If it was, it was things that I didn't know he, he had already. But it was just a, a mother's, a, a parent's worst nightmare to hear that your son was found deceased and that it was foul play. Okay, so, so they, they, he, told you, they told you it was foul play from the beginning, right? Um, actually, it was a long investigation. Um, 
March 13th was the day of his death. Um, his body was discovered on the 17th in his residence. And so there was a long investigation. It wasn't until, oh gosh, time is just slipping by me, but... Um, they they told us they so did ago. tell us from the beginning that it was they suspected foul play homicide because of everything that was missing. Right. But then in the in the the middle when we kept calling was when the coroner told us that it was natural causes. So the the coroner the coroner told you it was natural causes. Did you call the detective, the the police that was involved in the case and said, Hey, we got a call from the coroner? We did. Um, the, from the state, the detective that was working on from the state. And mm-hmm. he said, well, um, we we believe that it was natural causes. So I guess hope against all hope, I was, you know, not ready to lose my son, but I would rather lose him to natural causes than to homicide. Definitely. And they are charging the person um, responsible is in custody and confessed to race death. But he claims it was an accident, so they're charging him with homicide instead of murder. Reckless and, homicide. Right, reckless homicide. So um, we don't believe it, and I'm sure people think, well, of course, that's his mother. She's not going to believe, you know, anything that it's not what she thinks it is. But there's so many things leading up to. He had befriended a couple in the winter, who give him a sob story that they were homeless, she was pregnant, they were living in the van, and it's so bitter cold could we stay for a few nights so that she doesn't have to sleep in the van. And Ray being Ray, took him in and helped him out, give him a warm place to stay, and I'm sure he fed them because that was Ray. He would post pictures of meals that he had made, and I thought, wow, that's a lot of food for one person because Ray, you know, was single. So um, I'm, I'm finding out from some of his friends that they spent more than a few days here and there. But he had told the friend, he said, I can't tell my mother because she will just, just be all over me. But he says they're homeless, and, you know, they, they need somebody to help them out, and they need a friend. So that, uh, in a short time, they the, the guy got a job, and they got in an apartment, and um, they got an abortion for the girl, and she was 19, I believe. They both were young, 19, 20, 21. Um, names I do not remember because I didn't put a whole lot of emphasis on it. Who would have ever thought this would happen? But um, he got a job. They got an apartment. He got a, uh, an abortion for her because he wasn't the baby daddy. Well, then um, he started coming over to raise crying the blues because she would be gone for two days and go to visit the guy who, you know, who she had been pregnant by. And then she'd come back, and then she'd disappear for a couple of days, and this guy was just heartbroken. He was so in love with her. Now, all of this is being told to me by my son, Ray, the story of, you know, where they were and what had happened to them and what was going on. So then he told me that this guy was showing interest in him in having a relationship. 
Well, my son would have been 50 in June. And this young man, um, I'm thinking, was at the time where he telling me he was in his 20, 21, young. And he's like, Mom, I'm 50 years old. It's not who I am, and that's not what I want. It's just, you know, there's no way I would want a relationship with this guy. Well, as it turns out, the guy he's talking about is the guy um, who murdered him. So... It it just I don't it just blows my mind that so many coincidences happened that you know as much as my son helped him out gave him a place to stay fed him let him take showers because they didn't you know they said we haven't had a shower in three days could we take a shower here um, all of these things are things that Ray had told me over the course of them coming in and out according to him and his helping them. So when I found out that that happened to be the person who also admitted to, and they do have the uh, the person in custody, he's uh, admitted to you know killing my son, but it was reckless homicide according to him. It was an accident. But it becomes very strange because there was a woman with him at Ray's the day that Ray was killed, and. Later, um, I don't know, 13 days, 17 days later, he tortured and murdered that woman. And she was 30 years old. Just so the listeners can get a clear understanding, when you said your son, the guy was too young to have a relationship with, uh, so I take it your son was gay, right? Yes. Okay, so this guy that wanted the relationship, was that Garrett Kurtz? Yes, it was. Okay. So, Garrett, he wanted this relationship with your son, but yet he had this girl, which we we believe was Nicole Bowen, right? Yeah. Correct. Correct. And there was a relationship with her. So, did any of that make any sense to you? None at all. It was supposed to be that Ashley... Okay, and I'm glad you brought that up because Ashley was a girl before Nicole Bowen. Mm-hmm. Um, so where does she play a part in this? Well, um, we had to go... Ashley, uh, is, Ashley is the one that he was supposed to be madly in love with. Yeah, that's true. That, mm-hmm. that, and and, and what's, what's crazy about this is because at one time he was madly in love with Ashley... Ashley gets locked up, and then he becomes madly in love with Nicole Bowen. <laughs> you see where this is crazy? Yes, yes. So, and um, we had we had to go um, to raise residence, and of course, clear it out. It was a rental, you know, unit, and um, had to empty it so that they could get it ready to rent. And when we went there, there was a cell phone on the coffee table that belonged to an Ashley. So it um, had been left there. The crime investigators didn't take it with them. And when I asked the county detective who was doing uh, some of the investigating, he said that they had gotten all the information that they needed off of it, so they didn't see a need to take the cell phone itself. But it belonged to an Ashley, and there was a Chris name in there in text message, which 
also in um, Nicole's death, um, there was a Christopher involved. So we we think that there's just a big connection with it, all of them. It, it it is, and it's it's funny you bring that up. But what I'm trying to understand, so we know Ashley's phone was there, so we can safely say Ashley was there at one time, and we can say. Uh, or we cannot. I can say Ashley's phone was there. Okay, Whether we can she say she was there or not. I don't know. Okay, there you go. Thank you for clearing that up. So we don't know, but we know her phone was there because the right. police said it was. But do we know Nicole Bourne was there, right? Well, that was what our understanding was from the prosecutor that Nicole was there at the time. Now, what did he say? She was there at the time that of your son's murder. That they did not, and that's what we have. Um, we're going to set up another meeting with the prosecutor to get definite answers because um, my understanding when talking to him, and I'll admit it's like my mind is not focusing the way it should sometimes. Oh, that's understandable. Blindsided me unbelievably. I understand. But I understood him to say there were five people present at Ray's residence. Uh he just said five people there. So when I had talked to one of his invest, one of the prosecuting attorneys, investigators, he said he didn't believe so. So he was going to talk to the prosecutor and ask him and then call me back, which he did call me back right away. And he said, um, the prosecutor said, well, I did mention it to her, but um, we don't have confirmation that they were there before, after, or during um, the courts of Ray being killed. So, so these are some questions we're still looking to get answers for. So there's just a possibility at this time. Correct. Let's talk about the the murder. Instead of charging him with murder, they charged him with uh, criminal. I mean, what was it that you said they charged Re- him with? Reckless homicide. Reckless homicide. Okay, thank you. Can you explain why they charged him with that? Yes. Um, Garrett said that he he and Ray were texting back and forth, and they had proof from the text that they had agreed to uh, meet on that night. And they didn't give a date. They just said that they'd agreed to meet um, and have sex. And in this um, have, having sex, they also agreed to have... Uh, the strangulation involved, which I don't know that much about. That is something I don't don't know about. But I, understand. I guess it's, it's you choke somebody until they almost pass out, and then you stop, and it's supposed to be in a euphoria. So oh. that's I don't know anything, and I haven't even looked it up as a mother or something. I really didn't want to know oh, about. Well, I don't blame you. I think I'd pass up on that too. <laughs> sometimes the truth is is you know stranger than fiction and you don't really want to believe it but we want the truth regardless of how hard it is to take or to understand we want the truth and um i don't know his friends of 35 40 years can't believe that ray would agree to that um of course as a mother i don't but that's not who he was and especially with this young guy so we have our doubts that, yes, he did confess to it, but he's claiming it was an accident. 
So we're hoping somebody somewhere has gotten information that they'll come forward with because there's also suspicion that the reason Nicole was murdered was because they felt she was going to tell the truth about Ray's death. Yeah, that would make sense because all this is starting to come together now. Mm-hmm. And because, let me be clear to the listeners, we did a podcast. If you go back and listen to an earlier segment when we first started, it's called uh, Justice for Nicole Bowen. And we had her mother on as a guest. And we were speculating that uh, there was an argument. Ashley gets out of jail. Ashley want to know, hey, what she hears about Nicole, and she wants to fight Nicole, but we never could understand. The rest, some people on the team thought, well, maybe Nicole knew about the Delphi murders, because we have went on the record to say that we believe Garrett Kurtz is the main, the suspect for the Delphi murders. So we went on record to say that. You know, now we talk to Dottie, and now her son's gonna come to light. This just gets weird. Yes. Yeah. Well, it it seems to be a pattern. You know, um, Nicole was choked to death, strangled to death. Yes. Um, with my understanding of what I've seen in social media, um, no no confirmation other than what was put out, but it was put out by the police, the one that I read. So um, it's, it's speculation on our part that the reason she was murdered is because having been at Ray's apartment at the time of his death, um, if she was going to come forward with some information that Garrett did not want to be known. Now, now you know, um, and I agree with Dottie when she says that it doesn't make sense, but the police says they have text messages between the two. Correct. Because... And I'm not saying this is not possible, but here you had a man that was in love with two separate women and any one a relationship with a man. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just real crazy. So he confessed to it all, just like he confessed to the Nicole Bowen situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and you said you got a meeting with the prosecutor when? We are going to set up another one because we're, right now we're compiling... Um, just like you know, if if the statement was made, there were five people there. It didn't. They didn't say there were five people there at the time of his death, or there were five people there that day. Um, so we've got questions that we want specific answers for to make it clear to us what was going on. Right. I'm and I would you. like to get some answers of when those text messages were were made, and like the times that they were made. Okay. Some questions that we have that are unanswered that we think may prove that it was not an accident that was it was set up. Why do you accidentally or how you accidentally kill somebody and then you leave him there for five days, um, take his car, his TV, you know, cell phone and wallet. Yeah. And and why do you set up a, a date for sex and bring people with you to the house? That's what I was yes, thinking. Yes, yes, that is, that's a good point. I never looked at that. Did you say that to the police? Yeah. Well, yeah, but, you know, you just get a shrug of the shoulder or, you know, yeah. they don't know. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I, so, I don't put none um, past them. <laughs> like I say, you know, um, I don't know. They they would never give us specific answers because they couldn't because there was an investigation going on. Now we got to remember that we're going back to March 13th, so it was a very extensive. I don't know how extensive the investigation was, but I'm assuming pretty extensive because they just closed it um, about you know maybe two months ago. Um, so, I have a question, Dottie. Um, yes. When did the police let you guys come in to Ray's home after all of this? Um, yes. It was the Rafton was it the twenty fifth of yeah, because we had his service the twenty third and we cleaned it out the twenty fifth. Correct. Wow. So that's when we were allowed in there. And you you um not only found the phone, but what else did you find? And there was a bullet on the table. And then there were multiple cigarette packages and um Different brands, not mm -hmm. all the same brand of cigarette. Party cup. Okay, so for Ray to have been spring cleaning just, five, you know, a few days before this. Um, yeah, a day, yeah. Before, a day before it happened, he before he was found. Killed. He was spring uh -huh. cleaning, so his, his home was spotless clean, I'm sure. And um, mm -hmm. because people who spring clean, that's what their house looks like. And... Um, and then when he was found, his home was just a mess. Yeah, um, the living room and kitchen. I I didn't venture any farther. It was hard for me to even go in there. But um, I don't know. The landlady said when she went in with one of the detectives, there was, um, I, I think she said, potatoes and onions on the kitchen floor. Wow. And I'm thinking, for somebody who spent an entire day cleaning, why would there be potatoes, onions on the kitchen floor? Mm -hmm. But um, the end table was so full of cigarette ashes, you could not put your finger on any spot of that table and not get it in cigarette ashes. It's, it's as though they just, you know, and never, was... never even tried to hit an ashtray, just sat mm -hmm. there and, and back it. And, of course, again, speculation, but we feel they may have stayed there a day or so after his death and partied. That, and that's just Because sick. of some Damn. of the mess that was left. Wow. Yeah, that would yeah. be sick. But, you know, these, these are just speculation on our part. It's nothing that's been and, and can't be confirmed. Who's going to say? But Did the police uh, take any of the cigarette butts or anything like that? Do you know? We have no idea. Every time we ask him a question, it's like they couldn't tell us um, because of the investigation and it might jeopardize it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when we went to talk to the prosecutor, um, he just wanted to know what questions we had. Mm -hmm. Now, now let me that, add that they never once, not once, did they ever call us to ask if we had any questions or that to give us an update on the investigation. We had to call them. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. So, now let me let me ask you this. So, how many months did it take for you guys to find out that they had a suspect? Uh, September, when we got the um, death certificate, when we went in to see the prosecutor. 
we didn't get a death certificate until September. And so how did they explain that to you? They just said, oh, hey, guess what? We got a suspect. What happened? Well, we went in to, you know, talk to the prosecutor, and they told us that they, um, you know, they had the suspect that he had confessed, and he was in custody. So that was really the first that, you know, we heard of it. They didn't call and tell us that they had. We just found it out from the prosecutor. Okay. Okay. So you guys find out that who it is. When did y'all, uh, when did you find out about the other stuff that he was involved in? That same day. The same day? Right. You mean as from, you mean as, as far as the, the Nicole thing or? Just anything, the Nicole thing, anything. When did you guys? Well, the Nicole thing that day. Okay, who'd but, you find like, it out from? The prosecutor. Okay, so what did he tell you? That, that's. He was in in jail for the murder of her, and that that he confessed. That's when he confessed to the death of my brother. So, you you learned this about Nicole Bowen. Did you guys hear anything about any ties or connection to the Delphi murders? Um, no, no, that, not, no, not from there. You know, there's there's a lot of speculation going on on the um, social media. Right. But we've not heard anything from any anybody, you know, like law enforcement or not. Yeah, not like involved that. in law enforcement. Okay, yeah, of course, because they're keeping that investigation, you know, pretty on the low. But let uh -huh. me give let me give you a rundown. When we was able to put together that Garrett Kurt could be the possible person responsible. For the Delphi murders. And so wow. uh, we was able to tie from the evidence what we, you know, found out. We was able to tie, tie him to the, the Delphi murders. Now, here's the, here's the crazy thing. What we believe how the police was able to tie him to the Delphi murders is when he confessed to killing Nicole Bowen. Mm-hmm. Because when he was being interviewed, and, you know, we wasn't told, the, you know, the specifics of what, but I can only speculate. But after that, that confession, the FBI and the Indiana State Police then went back to some evidence that they had collected uh, regarding the Delphi case. Soon okay. as, after they had... Uh, uh, Nicole's murder that's when the state police had the new update with the new sketch and the new voice you know not just down the hill but guys did y'all watch that so there's a possibility that it goes back farther yet yes yes and and that's where it, it everything tied in because after he confessed Nicole Bowen's murder then that's when two weeks later they had the press conference saying, hey, we have some additional information. We have a new sketch. Now that it goes from the older sketch to a younger sketch. And, mm -hmm. and then they, they, they show the world that. They add the extra audio clip, and everything starts tying together. Now, mm -hmm. here's the thing. I, me and the team, 
we speculated because the police, they searched Ron Logan, the property where they found the girls at. They searched the property. They uh, searched the horse barns. They didn't find no evidence, just further out in the property where they found the girl's body. Now, they said that they're, that, that, like I said, I don't have no proof of this, but they said the girl's throats were cut. So what I speculate that he choked them out first, and then when he carried them out there in the woods, then he cut their throat. And that's why they didn't find blood in, inside the horse barns. That's, that's what I speculate. So yeah. now when you, when, and, it, and it makes sense because he choked out Nicole. He mm -hmm. choked her to death. Mm -hmm. He choked your son to death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So why would it make sense for the girls from Delphi? Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know that much about only what we see on the news and everything, you know, about that, um, even with uh, Nicole's death. Um, of course, then it comes up on social media where they were looking for Christopher, and I think that's where we saw that they had a, a plea out trying to find Christopher. And uh, I, I haven't looked. Like I said, this is hard enough for me to accept that my son's life was taken by someone. And it, uh, it's got my mind in a, a, a total whirlwind most of the time. Oh, I bet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, I bet. Yeah. And, and so I've, I've not gotten myself involved in the others and not, not because I don't care. It's just like I'm trying to deal with my son's death. Right. And, and I, you know, I don't look into the other possibilities because, I'm having a hard enough time just accepting my son. I understand. So it's you know it's something that I I only know what I see on social media. Right, right, and 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 you know there's all kind of stuff on social media, but um, of course, when I heard you know when I heard about your son, and when I got the call, and I'm like, are you kidding me? And they was like, no, nope. And they says, and I'm almost positive he confessed. And I'm like, wow, that, you know, what is, what, and this kid was so young. He was so young yes. to do all of this stuff. Yes. It's just well, unbelievable. Well, you know, the prosecutor did tell us that they were shocked that he confessed to rape. I mean, I don't even know how or, you know, like I said, we had no information about the investigation at all. In fact, when I had asked the um, state detective, and he said, well, any information that you, you'll have from now on will come from the prosecutor. So basically, um, they did find a TV when we were going through Ray's um, residence and his paperwork. I found a um, receipt where he had purchased a TV, and it had a serial number on the receipt. So they were able to, um, the state detective told us that they found the person who took it, that person told them who they sold it to, and they got a warrant and went and got the TV. Oh. So, you know, with me having a serial number for it, they were able to, you know, definitely say that that was race TV. Um, the Christopher you're referring to is uh, Christopher Mathis? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to check right. on that. Yeah. Yes, because they, they there was a plea, and I believe it was like law enforcement. Um, 
asking if anybody knew his whereabouts or could, you know, give them some leads of where to find him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I saw his name was on uh, social media. It's a, a parent's worst nightmare. You can't imagine. Um, people are so empathetic with me and sympathetic, and I appreciate all of it. Believe me, um, I have the best friend support in the world. Uh, yeah, I bet. And your but daughter. I'm, I'm getting text messages um, from people that I don't even know, but they said that they had. They're seeing the justice for rape page that we have on on um, social media. And they said, oh, my goodness, and, uh, Ray was the nicest person I'd ever met. Uh, I just, I'm getting text messages from people, you know, like I said, I don't know, but they had said, I, I just can't believe that somebody would do that to him. Yeah, yeah. So, it, uh, you know, it, it's a blow that no parent should ever have to go through. And, and you know, I agree. I really do. Um, and I'm going to be yeah. honest with you, Dottie. Um. You know, when everything comes out, uh, when he goes back to court, you know, regarding Nicole Bowen, and mm-hmm. when the uh, Delphi case, when they move forward to charge him for that, uh, you're going to have a lot more people reach out to you. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest. It's going to be a lot more stuff on social media. It's, it's going to be crazy. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. Because if this is true, that would be... The two girls, mm-hmm. your son, and Nicole Bowen. That's four people. Yeah. He's a serial killer. Yeah, serial killer. That's four people. So yes. you're going to get a lot of people that's going to be talking. You're going to get some people that's not going to have the facts right regarding your son's case, and you're uh-huh. not going to understand it. Right. Well, the the reason that you know we put this out, and, and it had nothing to do with the investigation, um, the way it was handled, because... As far as we know, you know, we we, we thought they did a, a decent, good enough job. Um, they wouldn't give us many answers, but they said they couldn't because of the investigation. But I just feel that somebody said something somewhere. You know, five people don't go through stuff like that and not mention it to somebody somewhere. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because this is what I think happened. And And like I said, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. There was a girl out of what there was, uh, I can't remember. There was numerous people with him when he killed Nicole Bowen mm-hmm. uh-huh. that witnessed it. And everybody uh-huh. played their role. Everybody got charged. One young lady just pled guilty. She got a plea agreement. And it's awful funny. After, you know, Nicole, all the rest came of Nicole Bowen's case. Then your sons, you know, all of a sudden they got a suspect for your son's case. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm assuming that someone, like you said, out of all them people there, somebody told something. And I think that's what right. happened. Somebody said, hey, this ain't the only person he's killed. He killed mm-hmm. a guy over here. And they went to look in it. They called, you know, oh, yeah, we do have a case like that. Boom. Mm-hmm. There it was. That makes sense? Yes, yes. Well, that's like, you know, I mean, um, of all these people that were with him at the time of Nicole's death, um, they may have told somebody something. Um, somebody somewhere may may know 
and they don't really know who to contact other than law enforcement. But we're just hoping somebody will come forward with some kind of information. And like I said, we want the truth. It may be a hard pill to swallow. It may be something that we would never imagine in our, you know, minds. But we just want to know the truth of what happened to Ray. I understand. I understand. And we would like justice for it. You know, he deserves justice. Yes, he There's does. not been a mention of his death anywhere, not in the local that's, newspaper. That's what I was just going to say. When he was first yeah. found, he didn't He didn't even get so much as an inkling of mention of his death. Not the newspaper, wow. not the, not the um, you know, the, the television, not news media, not social media, not one iota of recognition of his death was mentioned anywhere. Do you think that might have been because of the uh, coroner saying he died of natural causes at first? No. Or later. Because they didn't know that. When he when his no, body it, was found, they called it they called it homicide. Homicide, that's it, right. His 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 the, the death should have been in the news the next day as a man found in his home um Rob, you know, robbery. Well, I mean, yeah. anything should have been on the news that night. Fifty-year-old man found in his home, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and had been left in his home for five days, dead. Yeah, I agree. I mean, how how should that not make the paper? Yeah, yeah. There was. Um, we we just you know would like the truth and justice for Ray. That his life mattered. It was. Just like, well, you know, he, he's gone and, you know, that's it. Um, he's not gone. He's still a part of us. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, Keep his yeah. name alive. Keep his yeah. name alive. He's, he's still he's still a part of us, and, and he deserves justice. I mean, he wasn't. Um, sometimes I wonder if the law informant thinks that uh, he was part of them because he was letting them stay at his place you know um they didn't know him they don't know him as a person or who he was that's right or, yeah, or because anything they made that comment well with everybody coming in and out remember yeah. yes yeah that wasn't yeah. even cool so it um like i said they they don't know him and the person he was they just know that you know he let these people stay in his um property and stay in his residence Right. So I I just had the feeling that they think he was part of that. Well, that you know, you know what? But it, even if he was, it doesn't make a difference. He was murdered. It doesn't if make a was. difference what he was about, who he was dealing with. That's he right. was murdered. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. matter. God, I just don't get it with these these officers, yeah. the detectives that that you know look into these cases. Dottie and and Roxanne, I am so sorry you guys was treated like that. Well, it, um, you know, like I said, he's, uh, well, he's, the, the he's a part of it, so. which I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, this goes back to correcting my mom on a, a thing she mentioned earlier when she said the county detective, he wasn't the main detective. The Indiana State Police, the A.J. Smith, who was the main detective, when we took the cell phone to him, and he was the one that said, well, I don't, you know, I don't know. 
um, why they didn't take it. Maybe they've got all the info off of it that night and they didn't think it was important, you know, to take it with. He goes, I don't know. I, I never went to the crime scene. Now, he was the only state police officer involved in the investigation. And he didn't go to the crime scene. And he never went to the crime scene. That's amazing. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm sorry you guys have been put through this. And, and I really hope yeah. you guys are able to get justice for Ray. Um, he definitely yeah. didn't deserve this from, from what I've heard from you and other people and the team reaching out to people investigating. It, it, it just, everyone had nothing but good to say about your son, Ray. Right. Well, um, you know, I've heard that, and people are, are very kind, very kind. Um, he had only worked as his present job a very short time, and when I called to report, you know, what had happened to him, that he wasn't going to be coming into work anymore, um, the human resource uh, manager was just, I think she was busting out in tears. She said, oh, my gosh. She said he was the nicest person. She said, I instantly liked him the, the day he came in for an interview. She said he was just, you could just feel the warmth from him. So that's that's who my son is, and that's who he will always be to me. That's right. That's so right. So to not see justice done for him is a very big injustice to him and to us. That's right. You know what, Dottie? We appreciate your bravery and how hard you guys are fighting. Before uh, we get off of here, we want to say thank you for, you know, being tough, being able to come on here and tell your story regarding what you guys went through regarding your son. Is there anything that you want the listeners to know about your Facebook group or uh, people, how they can get involved or, or, or give phone calls if they do know uh, something. You you got something you want to give to them? Um, Roxanne, you set up the page. Um, you want to give that out? Um, well, yeah, it's, it's on Facebook. It's called Justice for Ray, um, Death Slash Murder in Reynolds, Indiana, uh, with the question mark, because we we can't. I guess legally say it's a murder until we can prove it. Um, but it's you're, and anybody's welcome to join and help us support us or whatever you can do. Um, if anybody has anything to offer, um, you can private message us through that Facebook page and we welcome all the support anybody can offer. All right. All right, guys, you heard it. So go join their Facebook group. And Dottie herself, she interacts on that page. I, that's how I t- got a chance to talk to her. And Dottie, you is just my whole team talk. Everybody was just talking about how sweet Dottie is. And I'm telling you, oh. and Dottie, you just bless your heart. Just, oh, my God, just bless uh, your heart. Ray, let me just add something. Ray used to, it was so cute. He used to call her St. Dottie. St. Dottie. That everybody, yep, everybody started calling her St. Dottie. So now everybody says, that's St. Dottie. St. Dottie. I like yeah, that. Lord, I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. All right, St. Dottie. with Ray and his friends some years ago. They just said I was a saint, which I'm not. I just like I think you are. I think you are. Hopefully Ray got some of that for me because I <laughs> I'm sure he did. And, and, you know, uh, so, 
So it was some. They started that old guy probably forty years ago, calling me Saint Dottie. Oh, okay. Well, we gonna keep it going for a long time. But I, I want anybody if they want to private message or contact us, and they want to be remain anonymous. I definitely will let them know that they can give us any kind of information. Um, and remain anonymous. Okay, it. great, great. Okay, well, you guys heard yeah, that. Uh, Dottie, you and Roxanne, we appreciate you both coming on tonight, and you guys have a good night. All right, guys. Okay, you we, too. we appreciate your help in this, both you and uh, Lori. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. Um, remember. If you want to interact with us on other cases or any other past cases or you got case suggestions, go to our Crime Pursuit Podcast Facebook page. We talk to everybody. We don't care where you're from or who you are, what color. Just come to our page. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're everywhere. We're so everywhere. We're everywhere. So come to the Facebook page. Get involved. We constantly posting updates and everything that's going on. So come visit us on Crime Pursuit Podcast Facebook page. You guys have a good night.